I'm Matt with So Cincy. Welcome back to another rendition of the live stream. We're gonna be in Proverbs seven today. And if you like what you're watching here on YouTube, if you like what you're listening to on the podcast, be sure to subscribe, like the video, all those kinds of things. I'm really excited because it's almost Christmas. So leave it down in the comments below. What was your best Christmas gift you received? I think. I think mine was probably my N64. I was maybe, gosh, was I 10? 10 or 12? When I got my N64? Man, I love that thing. That is a classic, classic system as I punch my microphone. Let me adjust this a little bit. I'm a little bit off this morning. There we go. All right. That's better. And like I said, we're going to be in Proverbs 7. Leave a comment down below. What was your favorite Christmas gift? Or what are you looking forward to? What was the best gift you maybe gave someone? That could be another one. I'd be, I'd be curious to hear what those are. So like I said, we're in Proverbs 7. And this is Proverbs 6. There we go. Proverbs 7. This is the Bible. New Living Translation, the NLT. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from an affair with an immoral woman from listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. While I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight in the evening as darkness fell. The woman approached him seductively. Dressed and sly of heart, she was the brash, rebellious type. Never content to stay at home. <laughs> she was often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets and colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap. Awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart, he was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray toward away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Fascinating. Now... Proverbs is interesting because I know parts of it are like literal 
I know parts of it are figurative. I know parts of it are, are, uh, you know, figure, figure speeches and things like that. This one though, I think is like, is, is like, is a story. Cause a lot of the times in Proverbs, it'll give examples of, um, like wisdom, wisdom as a woman. But in this, this instance, it's, it's providing a story about a a young man and a, and a woman who is promiscuous, who belongs to the streets, as the young people say. Now, that leads us to our questions. What does this passage say about people? Or I'm sorry, what does this passage say about God, about Jesus, about his plan? Which is interesting. Because it's still the overarching idea around, like, the writer of Proverbs. I don't know who it was. But the writer of Proverbs is writing the letter to the son. Pull it back up for you. And he's saying, follow my advice, treasure my commands, obey my commands and live. So there's... The wisdom in this. So this one this one was a little bit more difficult as I've been studying this for the past two weeks because I wanted to do it last week, but couldn't because I was a little under the weather. I just could not get up last week. I was beat. But it, it's it's interesting because this is showing you like the seeing everything as family so this is the the father speaking to a son and it's telling you to love wisdom like a sister make insight a beloved member of your family so what do you think that says about God what is the language that it's asking because i'll be honest this is, this is tough what is the language that it's asking or saying or telling you and i think i'm thinking this is just like general living advice like guard yourself because i believe in proverbs six let's go back one it mentions something about not getting caught in an affair because the wrath of the husband. Yeah. Proverbs 6.34. The man who commits all is not a fool. He destroys himself. He'll be wounded and disgraced. That verse 32. For the woman's jealous husband will be furious and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He'll accept no compensation nor be satisfied with a payoff of any size. So as this continues, speaking about staying away from the immoral woman. And this is not to say that women are immoral. There's just some women who are immoral. There's some men who are immoral, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But again, it's the warning of the wedded woman to avoid because if the husband gets home and he finds out 
and he knows who you are. Woo. Watch out. But wisdom and insight is what protects you from an affair with an immoral one. From listening to the flattery. What does it say about humans? Is that people, especially, this is a young man, right? Yeah, this is a young man. And I've been a young man before. And let me tell you, us young men, we are big dummies. And it's easy for us to listen, <laughs> to listen because we are big dummies to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. And so he's seeing this naive young man. He's seeing a group of them, naive young men, and one in particular who lacked the common sense. And so it's just showing you, it's showing you the, that young men are, uh, sometimes they're big dummies. And so if you're a young man, how important it is to get wisdom and insight and I'll say this, we've been having these conversations and we, not we, like I've been having these conversations in my own personal lives with different people. The importance, I'll tie it in this way, the importance of discipleship. And what does the Bible say about discipleship? So Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from, depart from it. I think I think there's something about training. Yeah. Titus. Pull up Titus 2 for y'all. So y'all have it. There we go. Promote right teaching. Titus 2 verse 1. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect and live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the, the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, to be submissive to their husbands, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. In the same way, 
encourage young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Partly, what I think is a detriment to the church. Big C church, like most churches. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's most churches. Some churches, we'll say that. I think that'd be fair. I think some churches lack discipling from older generations, younger generations. The churches that do do it, I think they do it well. Um, at our church back in Dallas, uh, Kristen always mentioned this, they have Life on Life, which is what I know probably one of the most probably one of the most successful discipling groups, small groups, programs, whatever you want to call it. But it was women all ages. They met Tuesday afternoons, 30, 40, 50 of them. I don't know how many. But what Kristen would tell me was that it was it was women of all ages. It could be young, 18, 20 somethings, middle middle not middle age but like a little older into the 30s 40s even all the way up to 60 70 and 80 and and so they met they studied the bible and they did life together and so that's so if you have a church that does that i think you're you're ahead of the curve i really do when it comes to older individuals teaching younger individuals how to do life um you don't you don't see that a whole lot i i, I know i don't if if i'm wrong let me know in the chat if, if your church has that that's wonderful that's that's great you are ahead of the curve if you want if you're if your church is not doing that if you're not part of discipling someone to the to the next you know you're and this can be anybody. You can be a, a 32-year-old man or woman and pour into the lives of young people. What was so magical about my church back home was the youth program. And it, and it wasn't because of the youth pastors, so to speak, but because it was dedicated individuals who poured into um, teens every week, consistent on a consistent basis, year after year after year. That's that's how I that's how I grew up, and it was magnificent. And then when I graduated high school, I came back from college, and I poured into these young people and so I still connect with my young people from like I was with one I was with a couple of guys from fourth grade through graduation and and they still and I still connect with them on a, on a regular basis shout out Caleb and Eric love you guys but the importance and the need 
for discipleship to love on to love on to love on them to encourage them to be there in celebrations and congratulations and heartbreaks and and all those things but to and if like youth groups might be it youth groups might be it if you have a strong volunteer team of of young of young adults and older adults who pour into teens like that might be it man but if there's nothing but the the issue with that though is is like what happens post youth group does that same sort of discipleship continue on right life doesn't life doesn't stop after after high school there's there is no you made it congratulations you're an adult you're going to be successful and wise cuz then they go off to college and then college is a whole other beast if they decide to go to college and so if you're if you're if you're a young person if you're if you're anyone if you're anyone I think if you're anyone I don't I don't care how old you are you could be 90 someone should be pouring into you someone older than you should be pouring into you I've I've heard people say like you should have someone you should have your you should you know you should be your 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 Paul you should have a Barnabas above you you should have a Timothy below you doesn't matter doesn't matter your age and what that means so Paul wrote most letters in the New Testament um, killed a bunch of people. He was a Jewish leader, sacrificed Christian, Jesus followers, Christians, da-da-da-da. Saw Jesus, had an encounter. This is all an axe. Got knocked off his butt. He, Jesus was like, no, you're going to do great things for me. Go see this person. So the disciples were all like, they were like, yo, I, we don't know if we can trust this guy. This guy, he's been killing people. We're gonna train him though. If, if that's who it is, we're gonna train him. We're gonna we're gonna bring him up, and then we're gonna put someone on him, and that was Barnabas. And so Barnabas would go with Paul onto his trips to basically establish churches in all these different areas, and Barnabas was with him. Barnabas was a disciple. Barnabas was older, further along in the faith, and so Barnabas raised up Paul, basically. And uh, and then Paul raised up Timothy, and I think he raised up Titus as well, some other people too. So you should have someone above you. That's over you, covers you. You you submit that could I mean that could be true that could be your church pastor if that if if you're 85 years old. And then you should have someone underneath you to encourage, to to support, to love on, to do all those things. But yeah. The down the downfall of churches will be the lack of discipleship, the lack of individuals. You could have as, as many programs as you want. You could have great great sermons and great teachings and everything else, but if you're not making disciples, if you're not helping people learn what God wants for you what God says scripturally they're not learning how to do life when life gets really difficult it may just be the downfall according to this what am I doing well what can I be working working on and so I titled this 
tie them on your fingers, something like that. Because if you tied something on your fingers, I don't know if you ever did this before. Like you, you often play with it with that thing. Like when I have a when I have my wedding ring on, I'm always playing with my wedding ring. And so I'm I'm like fidgeting with it. Here it is, right here. This is my old one. Not my old one. My my actual wedding ring. I don't wear it often because it's too small. I had to buy a I had to buy another one because I've gained. 45 pounds since I got married I'm fat what can I say <laughs> but when I have my wedding ring on I play with it and it's a it's a constant reminder like like hey you're married bro <laughs> and so in the same way in the same way the commands the advice the 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 instructions tie them on your fingers as a remind them write them deep within your heart and and yeah Proverbs 7 was just about the immoral woman. But all of Proverbs, and really all of Scripture, is going to have the, the the advice, the wisdom, the commands, the instruction on how to live. And so you take all of it. Because as Timothy says, I think, 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy, one of those two, is that all Scripture is, is uh, good for teaching and training and all that stuff. Uh, here it is. Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So that's why it says tie these on because it's so important, so important. So as we wrap up here, what can be something that you can share and. With someone else. <laughs> Sorry, there was like a pause. I was like messing with my stuff. But who can you encourage uh, this week or this day, today or tomorrow, to remember the instructions and the, and the wisdom found in, in Proverbs? If it's Proverbs 7, if it's whatever, whatever scripture. But who do you want to reach out to today? That is my last question to you. If you enjoyed this, like the video, subscribe to the channel. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, all at SoCincy. We love you guys. I'm Matt. And until Friday, we'll see you around. Have a good one. Later. Later.